everyone, and welcome back to the Unraveling Podcast. I am Kelly Becerra, and we are going to continue on with our Living an Abundant Life series. And today is actually the last topic of this series. If you are new here, welcome. So happy to have you. You can start from the beginning of the series with the Dwelling with God podcast. That is the first episode of the series. Otherwise, I hope that you have been enjoying the series so far. I'm not sure what's next, but I have some ideas for some podcasts leading up to Easter that I'm really excited about that I think will be pretty special. Um, and so the whole point of this this series, though, was to help us all live um, in the fullness of God, really getting to live and understand what abundant life means. And so I hope that you've gotten something out of it. Today's topic is called Rejoice Always, Even in That. And so this builds on the topics that we've talked about prior. And so I just wanted to start out with a saying that rejoicing when things are hard is really, really difficult, but we're going to kind of break that down a little bit um, and talk more about that. If you have not yet, feel free to go on to my website, kellybacara.com and check out the printable workbook that goes along with this. Um, you can do the workbook without the podcast as well. So if that's something you want to do in your spare time with a small group or anything like that, um, head over there again, kellybacara.com. And as always, if you are enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would take a couple seconds to go rate it on um, iTunes or Apple Podcast. It really helps other people see the podcast as well, the more ratings you get. So thank you so much in advance for that. I just want to say also before we get started that I have a little baby in my arms. So if you hear any little baby coos, it's just my daughter Collins. Um, and so with that being said, let's get started. One of the fine lines I try to walk when I'm sitting with someone who is grieving or hurting is both validating their emotions while leaving room for hope that things can change and get better. We need to feel our emotions, and I think that sometimes, particularly in the Christian culture, we tend to brush aside pain and feel like we need to just trust God and therefore not, therefore not feel bad feelings. That's just definitely not true in any way. Even God feels emotions, and he made us with emotions. So many times in the Bible, we see people experiencing real, hard emotions. No emotions are off-limit. Of course, it matters what we do with them, but no emotions are off-limit. So there are times in life when pain is so strong or anxiety is so real that, quote-unquote, being happy isn't necessarily an option in that moment, right? So what do we do with a verse like 1 Thessalonians 5.16 that says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Is it actually God's will that we rejoice always, always, and give thanks in all circumstances? Like even the worst times? Yes, I think it is. But one, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still feel bad or sad or hurt or grieve. You can rejoice and give thanks while having a broken heart. You can grieve while praying continually. And so we, the second thing is that we also have to remember that the word rejoice is actually a verb. It's something we do before it's necessarily something we feel. So you don't have to feel happy. You don't have to feel, you know, like you love your circumstances in order to rejoice in the Lord. And I think that's really, really an important note because often we live based on what our emotions are telling us. So if we feel hopeless or depressed, um, we believe that's true of life. Nothing good is coming, right? But sometimes we need to actively take the stance of rejoicing, even when we feel so bad and so down. This might look like worshiping God, even in the storm. 
it might mean going out of our way to have a perspective of gratitude. And I know that can be really challenging. Whatever it is, it's saying, God, this hurts so bad, but I know you are who you say you are still. I know your promises are still true. And it's reminding ourselves this sometimes a million times a day until we believe it. And so gratitude and thankfulness really are the key to rejoicing in all circumstances. And again, I know that sounds cheesy, but there is always something to be grateful for. Always. Even if it feels like everything in your life has just gone to crap and you just feel like you've lost so much. Even if the only thing that you can think of that you're grateful for is that when you die, you get to go to heaven for eternity because of what Jesus did on the cross. Well, that's enough to be really, really grateful for, right? Um, But there's something in our brain that seriously changes when we have a perspective of gratitude. Literally, when we practice gratitude, our brains release dopamine and serotonin, which are both neurotransmitters that help us feel better or feel more neutral, feel more positive. It kind of switches our outlook on life. When we start to practice gratitude, the more we strengthen our brain's neural circuits for gratitude, then it's, it's like a cycle. Our brain starts to scan the world for things that are good and beautiful, or it starts to scan the world for God's hand in our life, rather than just focusing on the negative and painful things. Neuroscience shows us this. Gratitude literally changes our brain. So the reason God can say rejoice always and still validate our feelings is because he isn't saying don't feel anything or don't feel don't feel the hard stuff. He is saying practice gratitude even in the hard times because it will change us. So although I would never ask someone to stop feeling sad, I would encourage them to start noticing what they are grateful for even in their sadness. It's amazing what can happen. And I do believe that gratitude is a prerequisite to joy. I don't think we can experience true joy without having a heart of gratitude. And I can't stress this enough, that no matter what your circumstances are right now, you can practice this, even today. So why not practice it together right now? I want you to take a moment to think about some of the hardest things in your life that feel like it, maybe just pick one, the hardest thing in your life right now that feels like it's taking your joy. It's just sucking the joy out of you. Maybe it's a relationship in your life. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's insecurity or jealousy. Maybe it's bitterness in your heart. Just take a minute to identify what gets in the way of you getting to experience joy and that you're really struggling with. And then once you have that in your mind, I want you to now think about how much time in each day you think maybe on average, how much is this thing consuming you? How much brain power do you give it? How often are those thoughts popping into your head and those emotions kind of consuming your body? I want you to just think about how, how much time is spent with on that thing. And now I want you to think about how much time in your day is dedicated to practicing gratitude, like actively practicing gratitude. And if you were to hold the two up, the amount of time each day that your that your brain is consumed by the thing that's hard versus practicing gratitude, how do they compare? What are you spending more time on? And if you're anything like me, you might be like, "Ugh, I spend way more time focusing on things that are hard and negative in my life because I do that too. Um, and that's because you're human and we're human and our brains actually do tend to focus on negative things but that can change. We get to we get to choose what we pay attention to. And so here is what I want to challenge you to do this week. 
When you find yourself thinking about that person or that situation or that feeling that sucks the joy right out of you, I want you to start practicing gratitude. It doesn't mean that you can't feel the things you feel, because you can. It's not saying, you know, I have to just shove those emotions down and not feel anything. It just means that you acknowledge those emotions are there, but you're also going to bring gratitude into the situation too. A little activity that I do sometimes is pick at least five things you are grateful for in just that moment, the moment that you're in. When you start to notice that the negative thoughts are coming in, pick five things. And I'm not talking about big things. Pick five tiny things right there. So for example, as I sit here right now, I can say that I am so thankful, so thankful for this coffee I'm drinking. I love coffee. Very thankful for it. I'm thankful that I have the means to buy this coffee. I'm grateful for how the snow looks outside my window right now, even though it's freezing, um, because it's a beautiful display of God's creation and it is actually pretty. Um, I'm grateful I have a computer to make a podcast on and a brain that allows me to think through these thoughts. So there, that's five things right there that I'm grateful for in this moment. And sometimes five doesn't do us a whole lot, like it doesn't do enough. Sometimes we really have to dig in and go on. And so we could say things like, I am grateful for my family. I'm grateful for Jesus's love and forgiveness. I'm grateful for friends um, that are there for me. And I'm grateful for funny things on the internet that make me smile because I love memes. And sometimes you have to just keep going and I encourage you to keep doing it. Keep thinking about things that make you grateful um, until you feel a shift in your soul. And you will. You will feel a shift when you cultivate gratitude. And so gratitude goes hand in hand with rejoicing. We are saying, thank you, God, for these things. Thank you, even though I am feeling so beaten down, I know that this is not the end of the story. I can still rejoice because you are still who you are. I can still look around at what at this world and see your hand and your beauty in it, even when it feels so dark, um, because it's there. And and because we can always go back to what Jesus did for us, There is we always have something to be grateful for and rejoice about, that this world, this life on earth is so temporary and we get something so much better and bigger after this. And so I know that this podcast is pretty short and sweet, but I think that that's great for this week. And I just want to encourage you to really dive into this idea of gratitude and rejoicing always. And again, reminding yourself that the reason why God says to rejoice always is because he knows what that does, not only for our brains, but for our souls. It's because he loves us that he tells us to rejoice always. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored and so honored to have you here. Um, I would love to connect with you on social media. Again, my website is kellybacara.com. That's where all my blog stuff is, but I'm also at The Unraveling with Kelly Bacara on Facebook. And I also started a new Facebook group called Unraveling Motherhood with Kelly Bacara for those of you who are mamas um, to feel free to check out. Um, and on Instagram, Kelly Bacara. I'm pretty sure. I'm not even sure what my Instagram handle is, but it's something with Kelly Bacara. So um again thank you for being here i hope that you will join um, for our next series which is going to be centered around easter and just what we can learn from all that happened and it's really precious stuff to think about um all that jesus endured for us and i get emotional whenever i think about it so who knows maybe i'll be weepy in the next couple podcasts we'll see but i love you all and i hope you have a wonderful day 